Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 376. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we are recording before the GOP debate, so we can't talk about it. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and don't worry if anything noteworthy happens on that debate. I'll let you know. You save yourselves. And instead, watch literally anything else. Today, we are going to look at a question of assholery. We're also going to discuss the partisan divide on life expectancy in America, and we'll talk about the Senate new dress code today oh folks the panel today i can't it's so good it's such a phenomenal panel we are joined now you've heard her on the show before we had a little hiatus um for just for no reason at all well she also like moved she had a whole set of experiences in between apparently she wasn't just cryogenically frozen from one fake the nation appearance to the next which is what i assume is what happens to all of our panelists but she is a writer she's a podcast host you've seen her handiwork all over um podcasting and the radio world it is the wonderful akila hughes thank you so much for having me nigga oh my god so <laughs> great to have you and it's Nagin which is oh, fine Nagin. oh no no Let and you know what it it, it, look, truly everybody <laughs> like it's the hardest two syllables for most of Americans and well, that's what to see you Nagin okay <laughs> it is it's morning on the west coast Forgive yeah 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 no there it is also also <laughs> the syllables work go in the other direction on the west coast and so that yeah totally probably you can't that. read out here so um, <laughs> We're also joined now. He's also been on the show before. Mm -hmm. um, he's been on the. He's been in on even live shows of Fake the Nation before. Mm, he's true. such a. I mean, he's one of my favorite um, comedic writers. And um, I know you can't just say comedian, can you? It just doesn't I, track. Is, that, is this a, is this a common not, problem for all of us, or it's just me? Yeah. That's well, comedians the saying, tend to be you funny. You are a comedian. You know? They tend to be. They but, like, tend to be do, funny on purpose. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more it's, inspired by chuckles. I think humorous no, is think, what they I tend to say. I think your problem is that you do uh, the range of entertainment in such a way the comedian feels reductive. May, may I swear on your podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have identified it perfectly. My brand is fucked. No one knows what. 
This no man, whose brand is not the only brand fucked, is fucked. He is also host of the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Right. Um, he's about to go Hard on to tour say. with that podcast. The tour is called Van Freaks Roadshow, and yeah. you should obviously be getting your tickets. It is just watching him live is one of the most fun things I've had the pleasure of being able to watch him live. So fucking fun. Thank His you. brand is fucked. It is the one and only John Hodgman. Thank you so much, Nigel. That's so nice of you to say. <laughs> The website is vanfreaksroadshow.com for tickets and details. This is the Judge John Hodgman show live celebrating our love for both Antiques Roadshow and the uh, Mitsubishi Delica Japanese market only adventure van. (laughs) Are you literally going to be taking a van from city to city? No, we wish that we could. They're hard to find. I mean, it's an obsession of my co-host, Jesse Thorne's, these Japanese uh, uh, adventure vans called Mitsubishi Delicas. But in Madison, Wisconsin, we have one listener who has one. They're bringing it to the show. And if you come to any of our shows with with a Mitsubishi Delica, I will get in your van. That's my promise uh, oh, I, to you. you. That's it? You're not going to give like a free gift or like some swag? Well, I'm just, whatever happens in the van will be between us. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, get get yourself a Delica uh, if you want to find Folks, you out. heard it here first. Van Bring Freaks a weird Roadshow. van com. to John Hodgman's show. He'll get in it. And then who knows what not happens. Any weird van. Not any weird van. Oh, it has to be, it, it has to be a Mitsubishi. A Mitsubishi Delica okay. adventure. By the way, this is the first time yeah, I've ever you. heard of such a van um, that said, I don't, I don't, I I have to be honest, I'm not a van connoisseur. I thought, I knew you thought that I was. And I think that listeners probably van, thought, oh, Nagin, you mean the van, van connoisseur? Vanisseur. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One of the greatest experiences in my life was we were doing some moving, so I had to rent a a, a van to move some furniture around, yeah. and we had it for a week one summer. Yeah. Actually, a, a month. And it was literally a, a white windowless van. Best experience <laughs> was picking up our children from summer camp in that white windowless van, just sitting there in that white windowless van, <laughs> idling menacingly, waiting for children to emerge from the summer camp. Yeah. You painted uh, free candy on the side? Yeah, that's right. That yeah. was, folks, one Full of John of Hodgman's greatest experiences of his entire life is, I believe, how you phrased it. At the well, I don't have much life left to me because you keep me in this cryogenic tube between appearances. <laughs> between appearances. So mm. every so now and then you let me out to see my family as well as to do <laughs> episodes of the podcast. So it's very nice to be back and to see you. Folks, before we get into the show, none of that was the show for the record so (laughs) please keep as you're listening to this i want you to redact everything you just heard it does not count as the show um before we get into it please go to patreon.com slash nagin farsad because for as little as four dollars a month you can get bonus episodes of the show and in those bonus episodes we throw caution to the wind we're just so wild (laughs) we just asked a question on one episode can you be a housewife if you don't want children Huh? Can you? Yes. We also did an episode. <laughs> Look, Hodgman, no spoilers, okay? No fucking spoilers. <laughs> I, I we had a 50-50 also- <laughs> shot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also did an episode um, where we asked what topics are off limits with friends. That's not a 50. That's, that's, that's mm. a whole two. Uh, my where point I, is. Where do I wade into these questions and enjoy the answers? The, uh, the enjoyment of those answers is at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. Again, that's patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. Thank you so much to everyone who's been supporting the show. You're so delightful. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to let you guys know is that we're going to dip our dirty feet into the recapping waters yet again. And this time we will be recapping The Golden Bachelor. I know it doesn't make sense, but Fake the Nation is actually going to be recognizing the existence of reality TV for the very first time. Um, what's extra special about this recap series is that I basically have never watched a full season of any reality show. And it's possible I've never watched a full episode of a single reality TV show. So for me to talk about this is insane, but in a good way. <laughs> we'll be recapping two episodes at a time, so we'll post our n- a new episode every two weeks starting, I believe it is, next Friday. Next Friday, October 6th. Which Bachelor 6th. is this? The Golden Bachelor. Akilah, do you know about this? Yeah, it's when um, it's like some seniors who want to find love in the twilight of their lives. It's <laughs> get together. Yeah, when those seniors be fucking, oh, yeah. No. yeah. But I mean, I think, you know, from the previews, a lot of these seniors are pretty hot. Hot. Where, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. where was my agent on this one? <laughs> I mean, I'm a I'm a happily married monogamous person, but 
Yeah, but I mean, there's still a strike going on. <laughs> I've met your wife, and I gotta be honest, she can do better. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> welcome, we, welcome. I don't disagree. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're the best. Is she Hodgman. on the Golden Bachelor? Oh, she hasn't been around for a while. <laughs> she could be a contestant. No, she's too young for the Golden Bachelor. Uh-huh. Um, here we go. Let us get into it. Now that I've insulted everyone, Akila, yours is coming soon. Your just yes. blanket insult. Let's get into it with topic number one. So we're going to start with something that doesn't have grave political import to the country. Um, And we are going to focus on whether or not someone is an asshole. Uh, We read an Am I the Asshole post on Reddit. And the scenario was thus. This lady has to go to her sister-in-law's wedding. And she, this sister-in-law has designed her dream wedding with very strict dress code that involves black tie and floor-length gowns on the ladies. And long sleeves. And long sleeves, which I thought was a very interesting addition. Right. Long sleeve, floor-length gowns. Um, and at the, I guess at the time of this post, which was very recently, it was very 21 hot. 21 days ago. 21 days ago. Thank you so much. I am a, tr- I am an. Am I the asshole? You, I know. Like, I don't en- fucking enthusiast. I assume no one does the reading, which is what. Oh, but you oh, no, I'm, I'm on. This. That's all I read. Okay. Okay. I have, I have. I all I read is the Am I the asshole subreddit. To my great shame. <laughs> not, not. I have a pile of novels and nonfiction books next to my yeah, bed. Of course, yes. To the ceiling. Yeah. That threaten my life because they're going to fall on me because yeah. all I'm doing is scrolling. My favorite collection of short stories written by the most unreliable narrators since Humbert Humbert. I in, love in them. In really the questionable prose, just like not the best. It's just, prose. it's just, it's bananas. But go on. So, so she yes, has I'm to aware. go. Okay, so you, as you know, she has to go to this sister-in-law's wedding. The dress code is really serious, and this lady does not want to abide by the dress code because she is thirty-four weeks pregnant, and this wedding takes place in the South, where it's still very hot at the time of this wedding. Uh, And she's getting a lot of guff from family members for being selfish. She's threatening not going. Is she the asshole for making this a problem for not, you know, for possibly not going to her sister-in-law's wedding because of the dress code? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it's incredibly presumptuous. First of all, going to a wedding, like, I mean, I don't know if this person is based in the South, but like if you're already traveling, that's way more of a a commitment monetarily than like most people should have to do. Like, especially when the divorce rate is so high, I just feel like it's not like you get that money back. So I think, you know, in the words of a canceled Kanye, my presence is a present, kiss my ass. Like, I just don't think (laughs) you have to do anything extra, especially when you're pregnant. Like I had a boot on my foot this summer because I had a bunion surgery, super sexy. And like, if there was a dress code for anything, that's out the window because I am in rare condition, rare form. Like, I think it's shitty to expect like a dress code to that degree anyway. Like a color, fine. That's it. (laughs) That's what you get. A color and a style. Like it can be formal and green, but it can't be long sleeves. And floor length. It's also just really weird. And it's not merely floor length. It's an outdoor wedding. That's the That's other a, thing. It's like ground length. length. Yeah, yeah dust ground, length. right. So just pick up the dirt with your with your dress. I also just don't understand why it would be long sleeve in the summer. Because yeah. this because the bride is dumb. Yeah, yeah. Because the bride is dumb. <laughs> I mean, also like, it's, why does the bride care so much what other people are wearing? Isn't it your day? <laughs> and the, your wedding. By the way, op as we say in Am I the Asshole Circles original mm. poster, the person who's posting <laughs> oh, uh-huh, this, uh-huh. Uh, who's the woman who's thirty four weeks pregnant. Yeah. She isn't a member of the wedding party. Oh, right. she's a guest. So it's not. She's just fam. All of the guests are getting these instructions right, right, from right, the bride, right, right, right. which is black tie, floor length long sleeve gowns, which outdoors in Kentucky. Mm. No, I mean as many many <laughs> smart respondents posted in the comments, black. Black tie and, and evening gowns for a daytime wedding, that's a big thumbs down. That's a thumbs that's down. Stupid. Yeah, for also it's Kentucky. Yeah. Like, you're lucky that people are wearing shoes, and I can say that because I'm from there. Wow, exactly. Oh, I just want to say, we didn't say that. Akila said that. And I'm from Kentucky, so I know. <laughs> Even if you were to adhere to the most formal 
of formal wear standards for a daytime wedding, black tie and evening gowns are not it. Notice the word evening. So, yeah. I also, can I add a little like interesting thing to the mix, which is that she's 25. The woman who's 34 weeks pregnant is 25 years old. The sister-in-law who's getting married is 36 years old, which she was, so she thought, that she would be getting married before the brother. I think like age-wise, she was like maybe technically mm. supposed to get married before. And Guess what, Nagin? Did you dig into the comments like I did? <laughs> I, I, do, I read them. I don't know if I dug in, but go. what were you going to say? She was married before. <gasps> this is her second wedding. Oh, no, wedding. I didn't dig in second that marriage. far. Wait, yeah, this I feel is like the second wedding? Yeah. Like, I, I'm coming in jeans. If <laughs> oh, my God. You cannot yeah. you cannot have a serious dress code for a second wedding. Yeah. No, I'm coming in like John Fetterman to this wedding. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually <laughs> hanging at the door just like text you when it's over. Yeah. You know what? I'm sending a drone. I'm not going. <laughs> Live stream on Zoom. I'm wearing the same t-shirt you, I'm wearing now. Do you remember That's that like when, my, when my best friend got married <laughs> when we were in our very early 20s and I went to it and, and the person whom I'm married to, who deserves better than me. <laughs> she was not married you're, to me then, and she is always, forever, a whole human being way, in her own right. By the way, that entire compliment, that entire comment was designed for her to hear, so like, then you oh, yeah. have to go home and then like play this yeah. part of the podcast. It's too her. bad she doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> She'll never know. The point is, <laughs> she, could, she couldn't attend this particular wedding. Uh, I gotta like let's just say this person's name is John Doe. Like okay. we were we were twenty two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't attend. To, uh, she couldn't afford to go. She was or she was working or something. Couldn't get off work or whatever. Yeah. Her mother said, "Don't worry about it. There'll be there'll be other John Doe weddings, and there have been." <laughs> <laughs> so that friend of yours exactly. did get I'll remarried. Catch you next year. Couple, oh my yeah, god! At, at least once. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I do think it's. Inter- I mean, like, yeah. I want to say the second wedding thing i did not know this i did not dig far enough into the comments yeah that adds another layer to me um and i don't like that i also don't like what she said which is she said to the pregnant woman um the you bride know, you're talking about she said, right. right the bride said to the pregnant woman so she freaked out at me and told me i was being incredibly selfish and that quote for wanted isn't about me and my fucking baby <laughs> <laughs> oh you know you know what sister a future sister-in-law you changed my mind now i definitely want to come to this wedding exactly also, this like, sounds like a good time literally the dress code is about me and my baby like that's yeah 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 because she doesn't want to be hot be. and pregnant um, and it, I, I will say the one time I missed, I skipped a wedding, I was like eight months pregnant and I just couldn't, you know, the, and my husband went right. and I didn't go. The and one was, time you and skipped I, a wedding? <laughs> like the one time I skipped a wedding that I really shouldn't have. It was like, a, you know, one Got of his it. family members. And I didn't want yeah. to, but it was just, I was so physically not able that, um, you know, I think this is a great chance for you to skip a wedding, basically. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. And you can and use, I mean, one of the last times you could use your baby as an excuse, I guess. I know. Like, you cannot <laughs> use pregnancy as an excuse forever. Now that you, ha- you have this one excuse, you don't even need to talk about the dress code. Just be like, I'm too pregnant. Sorry. And that's it. Like, exactly. you know the, what I mean? Oh, the original poster posted pictures of three dresses that she sent to the bride yeah, for the bride's I approval. Saw those. Yeah, I didn't like them. Uh, tell me why. They were just like a little... Neither all... did the bride, by the way. The bride was like, no, 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 and this isn't about your fucking baby for once. <laughs> Which was an escalation. I would have been, if I was this bride, I would have been like, oh my God, those look lovely, great. Like, obviously, yeah, we're but you, different what, what did you think about those dresses yourself? I didn't yourself? think they were like they weren't fetching. Right. Yeah, they weren't, no. No. <laughs> Right. They weren't. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe maybe the problem is this fucking pregnant lady doesn't wow. have good taste. <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> I mean, I I will I will say that those dresses they look fine and they were probably appropriate for an afternoon garden party. Yeah, yeah. And probably a lot more comfortable for a, a pregnant person to wear. Yeah, yeah. And or, which is the, only, the most important thing. Also, they're more important, uh, more appropriate for just gardening. folks let me know who is the asshole here i feel like we all came heavily down on the side of the bride is the asshole but i don't know we're i'm open to other interpretations there is Uh, no other interpretation i apologize as an expert on this subject i will tell you not only 
Is yeah. the OP completely NTA, not the asshole? But so NTA that it got cross-posted in the Am I the Asshole? Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a subreddit. Am I the Asshole Tribute Reddit? Tribute Am I the Angel? Reddit. Jesus where they repost wow. people Christ. who are clearly not assholes who are just looking for validation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which maybe, is itself so kind of asshole. Maybe she suffers from a little insecurity, and then also maybe she needs a little bit more design savvy in her life, for the record. Yeah, but when someone tells you a, a future sister-in-law is mm. the case here, right? Yeah. This isn't about you and your fucking baby for once. Ooh, that's a clarifying moment. Yeah, you never have to see that person yeah, again yeah, in your yeah, life. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that she's getting married for the second time, to be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> shocking. Really? <laughs> All right, well, you know what, folks? Skills. We are going to move on uh, so that we can hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll continue chatting. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that's tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Let us move on to topic number two. Okay, 
We read an incredible piece in Political called America's Surprising Partisan Divide on Life Expectancy by Colin Woodard. It was amazing, and it makes the case that life expectancy ends up being um, basically all about the policy environment that people live in. Now, I'm going to explain what that means in a second, but first, I want to ask about the literal title of the piece, which again is America's Surprising Partisan Divide on Life Expectancy. Was this quote, surprising to you that there's that the country could be divided up, life expectancy could be reflected so heavily in partisanship? No. no, (laughs) I mean, after COVID, I just feel like, you know, uh, there's all of these studies that have shown that Republicans were more likely to die because they would follow a, a person like Donald Trump who's telling you in the middle of a pandemic, don't wear a mask, don't get a vaccine, even though I'm the one who asked for the vaccine. So a lot more of them have died and had shorter life expectancy. So I guess like on the concept, I would I would have assumed everybody wanted to stay alive, but that has been proven false in my own lifetime. So uh, I, I kind of am not surprised by this at all. Yeah, Akilah is absolutely right. And, you know, political team affiliation totally outweighed people's desire to live. <laughs> Yes, yes, it's so bizarre. Okay, well, and then then this piece basically reaffirms that with so much incredible data. Now, it's a little bit of a weird one to talk about, but I'm going to just point out a few things that they said in the piece and get your reactions. So what they did is they they divided the country in areas that make more sense than state boundaries. They divided the country Mm -hmm. in areas based on original settlement of those areas. (laughs) Um, Well, not original settlement oh yeah not original sorry not, not sorry. Original. sorry yeah the, yes 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 sorry the, the, the wildly absolute correction um yes the colonized version um, settlements of those areas um and then how those have played out over you know the last couple of centuries and then um so for example greater new york city area is called new leather the new netherlands um the deep south um for example the deep south was founded by english slave lords from barbados who didn't care about shared prosperity says the article um and then the puritans came and settled Yankeedom, which is kind of like all that's of my, the- That's my people, by your, the way. Oh, it's it's, it's yeah, Hodgman's I'm, people. I'm a it's asshole. kind of like the North, the like, yeah, Massachusetts and the yeah. middle who's, who's, who's the Who's the author of this piece? Some, some person. Some, some, person. some like very nice person. Okay, well, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met them. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then for example, with Puritans, um, the Puritan founders of Yankeedom thought that God had chosen them to create a more perfect society, <laughs> and it made the average person materially a lot better off in Yankeedom than it did in the Deep South. Unless you were a woman accused of being a witch, that's true. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. What we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. That's the crossover. <laughs> yeah. We're talking in bold strokes. Bold strokes. These are definitely bold strokes. Just that, like, the like overarching ethics why which these regions were founded um yeah, in the big, colonial the, the United coloni- States. The colonizers of New England had a very different set of cultural and ethical yes. uh, principles that were monstrous at a baseline, yes. but were distinct <laughs> from the colonizers of the Deep South. That were also monstrous. And then those who then spread to what this dude calls Appalachiaville or something. He has different yeah. names for everything. Yeah, I felt yeah. like I was reading an incredible It was It was actually novel. mildly annoying because I know because I was like, I don't have time to get into this universe. No, there was, these it's are the ones Greater I remember. Greater Appalachia. Yankeedom, yeah. New Netherlands, Tidelands, which is Tidewater. like- Tidewater. Oh, Tidewater. That's Virginia and Maryland yep. where they tried to- he said the southern, the 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 lesser sons of noble uh, European English families mm-hmm. tried to replicate English semi feudalism or yep. whatever. Then the deep <laughs> south, then the then the left coast, left coast, which, which is, is California, like the, but like well, a very just Western the California, coast, literally the, the coast and the Pacific Northwest. And there was the a coast. whole map and everything. I thought I was reading some Game of Thrones. I was this really was, enjoying. Yeah, it was it. like this is District Fourteen. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, exactly. laughs> true was alternate so history. <laughs> And the and the names really felt like Hunger Games. That's right. But um, you know something. Yeah. I I do think that th- this guy who wrote this interesting article, whose name n- no one knows and shall never be remembered, 
and who also wrote a whole book about this his alternate universe of the United Colin States. Colin Woodard. Colin Woodard. All right, we got what's his, what's his name again? <laughs> Colin Woodard. Colin Woodard sounds a lot like VanFreaksRoadshow.com. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I'm plugging this guy's book so hard, <laughs> but I did feel like, oh yeah, he's on to something. Because what was interesting to me, yeah. Was like if you compare the poorest rural, like it, at first I thought this was a city rural thing, right. right? Because population density, it tends to track with more, you know, liberal cosmopolitan populations. Yeah. Also, there are more hospitals there, you know, and you have more access. Sure. And typically, they tend to have more social services than rural communities. Yeah, that might just simply be have fewer social services because they're harder to access. Do you know what I mean? Yep. But his point of view is like the poorest county in this in the state of Maine. Yep. Compared to the poorest county in the state of, I don't know what it was, Kentucky or something like yeah. that. Even in the poorest county in the state of Maine, they have longer life expectancy. Yes. And and they are rural as friends, as they say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rural as feces I out mean... there. And that tra- and that tracked with me because the the what what I thought was interesting was that there is a a spear even in Maine where I spend part of the year. Yeah. Which is very, very rural. And and lots of it is very, very conservative, right on top of each other. You know, when that's the thing that nobody saw until 2016 when those Trump signs came out. Like, oh, I didn't realize that all of these neighbors want me to die, basically. Right, right, you know what right. I mean? Or like, don't believe in my full humanhood or whatever it is yeah. that you learned when your neighbor put out a Trump sign. But the, tr- <laughs> but the truth is that, you know, in, in, in Maine, someone can be completely, completely full on Trump. And yet, if your car is in a ditch, they will get you out of that ditch. Right. Do you know what I mean? Where I feel like that's part of the the New England. But also thing. the just that you know it, the the okay. So here's another way of looking at that. Um, to give you a clear example, if you compare the richest people in the Deep South. Yeah. To the poorest people in New Netherlands, which is the Greater New York City area. The um, poorest also, people, also a miniseries coming to Peacock. <laughs> the poorest people in New Le- New Netherlands live longer, even though they're poor. So if you're very rich, but in the deep south, you're not going to live as long than if you're very right, because poor. Because there is an intrinsic and team affiliated resistance mm-hmm. to social taxed social services in these red states. Yep. And the the poll quote in there was that. Poor rural whites are against social services for poor people because they think poor people are non-white people. Right. Yeah. So then, so and, they and literally, and therefore on the wrong team, and fuck them. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then constantly um, promote things that are against their own interests. Which I mean, yeah. you know, we've heard this a lot. Do you know how many noseless people there are in the rural deep south? <laughs> Because of all the face fighting that's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's also just like, uh, I think that the Deep South is like, uh, I mean, going back to like after the Civil War and Reconstruction, like they weren't running to create cities. These are white people who literally outsourced all of their labor. Right. And so you have a real reliance on cars and large food portions and, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And watching Fox News, which means sitting in a lazy boy for most of your life. Like, I don't think that the things that keep people young are appreciated in the South. So like, but also and, and I, that is obviously yeah. a generalization, but like, Growing up there, and I just spent a week back at home in Kentucky. And I'm like, yeah, you can't even walk. I was at a hotel that was that shared a parking lot with um, a grocery store, and the people who worked at the hotel were like, "You're gonna walk over there." (laughs) Yeah, right. This is what I'm talking about. So it's like, but here's the interesting thing: it's not even just because, like, you could look at the left coast, for example, and say those people also have a large reliance on cars, and they Mm -hmm. also eat at, you know. Olive Garden. But (laughs) the difference is, and there's two huge factors that end up making this life expectancy number so interesting. One is, did they have a ban on cigarettes? Which a oh. lot of the deep south and greater Appalachia, I guess, don't. Yeah, you can still I, smoke never... inside in Kentucky. You, is that places. true? Is that true, <laughs> yes. Akila? Because yes. I was like, 
that was shocking to me because I sort of thought it was sort of nationwide at this point. No, I mean, if you go to New Orleans, you can still smoke inside some places. Like, it's, wow. yeah, the South yeah. is kind of like, go to the smoking section of like the whole restaurant. Right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. I can't smell my food. So that's apparently, a, that's a huge factor is this is the this ban on cigarette smokes and smoke and the taxation on tobacco. And then the other big factor is literally like, is when Obamacare opened up um, oh, yeah, Medicaid, Medicaid right? like did mm-hmm. they expand their Medicaid and states that didn't do it or cl- like have these lower life, life expectancies, even though they can. It's funded entirely by the federal government. Why yeah. wouldn't you? But many states. Because a black person said it was a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so really, like, <laughs> that's really the beginning and end of it. Um, wild. Team affiliation. It's really gross. Yeah, it's you really know, gross. I, I had a friend who, he does a podcast named Dan Sinker, and he talks about how politics in America is really like uh, wrestling in the like 80s and 90s, yeah. where it's like, it doesn't even matter that this is like barbaric and people are like getting hit in the face with a chair and bleeding out. Like, your guy has to win. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... What's the name of that podcast, Dan Sinker's podcast? Uh, I think it's called Says Who Weekly, but that might be someone yeah. else's podcast. Oh, sorry. I'm going to hit you up with another um, just interesting fact I, I from know. the piece, which is that in the um, new... In the New Netherlands, again, Greater New York City, despite its density, diversity, and income inequalities, and contrary to the urban hellhole rhetoric of the extreme right, it's yeah. one of the healthiest places to live in the United States with an overall life expectancy of 80.9 years. Woo, woo. <laughs> Just wanted to give ourselves a pat on the back there. Nice work, New Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, go off the <laughs> Netherlands. You're doing it. I mean, I but think, I, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of obvious to me. I mean, they obviously take advantage of social programs in cities because the benefit is like yeah. easy to see immediately. Yeah. But also, like, I can't overstate the amount of like walking that you have to do in all right. these places. Like, it just isn't a place where you can sit in the car all day and eat your calories like from on the road. Like, I don't even know where a good drive through is in Brooklyn. Like, it's just different. Well, and I think that what, what you said, Akil, is really true. It's like, yeah, like, politics has become like professional wrestling. You want your person to win. And when, the, when you have a particular politician who has literally turned politics into almost literally turned politics into professional wrestling like yeah. just absolute shows of dominance theatrics mm-hmm. uh, accusing people of ridiculous things who <laughs> yeah. cares about policy at that point like there's no there's no policy position that Donald Trump is ever going to take that is going to change his his uh right. his followers minds like his whole dinging Ron DeSantis on the Six weeks abortion ban is like that going to have him lose evangelicals? Evangelicals don't give a fuck about that. They're like, right. oh no, we want to win. We want to win. And bonus points if it makes everyone else angry and sad. You know. Yeah, I mean, one of his advisors just released a book, and one of the excerpts was that uh, Donald Trump was so vain that the reason he was so anti-masks was because the strings on the masks would wipe off his like fake tanner. Wow, and it would look really apparent. <laughs> and so, like, because of that fact, like one person pointed out that you could see it. He was like, "No masks," and I'm like, "Is that true? Who's to say?" But like, if that's the level of policy making. <laughs> Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm not exactly. surprised people are dying when they're like 45. Like, I get it. It's just the saddest thing to me because, you know, as we go into this election season, it's like, yeah, policy is no fun. And and figuring out what levers to push and pull to get good outcomes for people's health or yeah. to lower inflation, it's complicated. It's no fun. But if you have a fucking geek show on the other side, like the people yeah. who go to Trump rallies have a good time. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's awful. Totally. It's awful. And it's yeah. monstrous. And it's horrible for democracy. And it makes other people feel afraid. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. But I wish our side could have fun, you know? I that's That was my, I kept saying that in 2020. I feel like we should have more fun. Democracy should be more fun. Engaging it should be fun. Election day should be fun. Like, 
like the idea you should pair your uh your voting with like what is what what kind of pastry do you like to get after you vote to treat <laughs> yeah. yourself like there should just this should be fun it should be fun on both sides i don't i i do not want to begrudge other people for their fun like hap let this be fun i'll um, tell you one thing that's fun that i've learned it. And I think it's going to have real policy effect. Hmm. Striking is fun. Oh, it yeah. is. Agreed. You know? yes. yes. And we're recording this a, a day or two after a tentative deal has been made between yeah. the WGA and the AMPTP or whatever they're yeah. called. The fake the fake group that was created by Fakos <laughs> yes. for the studios to negotiate <laughs> for them. And, you know, we're in, the SAG after strike is still going on. And we're in the midst of this United Auto Workers strike. And it's like, this is a great moment for labor organization in oh, this country yeah and i think people realize like yeah it is fun to get on the streets and say fuck you to billionaires who have really had their way with us for the past couple of decades yeah yeah mm -hmm. that uh, it has That's, been that it feels is, fun to it me. also just feels like a reunion it's oddly jubilant picketing so anyways highly recommend if you're in a union um to do your strike authorizations when you can yeah. um all right well let us move on uh, also, you're walking oh. around, right, Akila? It's good exercise. Oh, there it is. Akila is walking around. Of, like the WGA, where they're like, you know, we have yeah. our our group in Cincinnati. We have our group, and that's like five people. But in right. LA, in New York, it's like thousands upon thousands. So I do think that just like the need to walk, that sidewalks generally yeah. are a thing that exists in <laughs> New <laughs> Netherlands or whatever. In the New, New Netherlands, Netherlands. That's what we call ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, folks, let me know. What do you think? Check out this piece. I uh, I, I thought it was just a phenomenal um, set of data points, really well delivered. So check and it I out. Need it's someone to make, I need someone to make the coat of arms and the mottos for all the different realms <laughs> yeah. of alternate universe yeah. United <laughs> States. Uh, right, right. Yeah. House, house Tidewater. Exactly. House New Netherlands. Winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let us move on to topic number three. Oh, folks, there's a change in the senatorial dress code. Before last week, men had to wear a suit and a tie, and women had to wear pants, suits, or dresses. Gowns. Floor length gowns with <laughs> long, long sleeves. sleeves. Especially when you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> but everything has changed. This ain't your granddaddy said it. Oh, no, these guys can wear capri pants now if they want. Uh, they can wear a t-shirt. They can wear jeans. Or prepare yourselves. They can wear a hoodie. Uh, now, I, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, first of all, you're... slight collection. This is still my granddaddy's Senate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Mitch McConnell has literally That's been true. in the Senate since before I was born. Yeah. I think I read somewhere in the article, the median age, it's either the mean or the median age is 65. It's like, there's, yeah. this yeah. is a gerontocracy. Yeah. Very, and, very fucking old, yeah. And that's know. like the oldest people who ever lived in the South, remember? So like, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, that's their God. Yeah, I mean, the they're, life, yeah, they're like yeah, you life look expectancy at, in deep South and greater Appalachia. It's yeah, wild. Yeah, you. I think I think what you really want to do is look at the comparison of life expectancy between people in, in you know, rural red states and their congressional delegations. Because their <laughs> yeah. congressional National exactly. delegations definitely have health care. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they live in D.C. most of the time. Well, exactly. They're in New They're, <laughs> they're in the in they're in Tidewater. Yeah. Tidewater. And they have health care. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Hodgman, I think you could go to Senate looking like how you look right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm wearing some. Uh, you want to you want to hear all my brands? Like uh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no free yeah, no, no free ads. It. If you want to know, you know, subscribe to my Substack. I'll tell you what you're wearing, <laughs> what I'm wearing today. I think you know. But what, do we, dress... but what do we think of this fucking dress code? Well, it's because of John Fetterman. Yeah. Right. I, right. He's he is the 34 weeks pregnant bride. Who... <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. It's so hot. I just can't do it. What are we voting yes and no all the time? I'm not. Yeah. I can't. It's too hot. I think it's so amazing. It's one of like I never would have seen Chuck Schumer loosening yeah. the dress code for John Fetterman. And I think that's good. You know, because Chuck John Schumer Fetterman is like pretty chill dude. Ultimately, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> also, he wants to wear athleisure in the Senate, right? <laughs> yeah, he's like, can I get my men's tights for running? <laughs> he wants. Yeah, he wants to wear. His, his, his if everyone's allowed to look cozy, can I look cozy? <laughs> 
<laughs> he wants to wear Zara joggers on the Senate mm-hmm. floor. John Fe- John Fetterman is absolutely someone we should be making an accommodation for in the Senate. And this, yeah. this is a incredible accommodation, right? Because John Fetterman is wearing shorts and uh, hoodies on in yeah. this in doing Senate business. Yeah. And and that is a big change because not only is that not a suit, it's also the traditional February winter attire of anyone in New England. That's what you wear <laughs> yeah. when you're walking to Dunkin' Donuts. Wait, do you in still wear weather. shorts? Of course you do. Are you serious? It's bananas. Oh yeah, you got to get those white legs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. is this a exactly. is this a Yankee dumb thing? He's I from Pennsylvania. I, I don't like it. He's from Pennsylvania, but I I know that look. You know, I went to school in upstate New York at Cornell, and the there were a series of we'll call them gentlemen. Who would totally. wear flip flops in the middle of fucking yeah. winter, and it yeah. made me want to throw up. Like I yeah. hate that. I feel like that's a. I feel like that's a sister. I feel like that's a sister look to the shorts in winter. Well, no. I uh, just a fun anecdote. I have a niece and nephew. I have several nephews, but uh, I remember they moved to D.C. from Seattle. Like my sister works for a lot of like cool big nonprofits or whatever. So they moved to D.C. and they were like. I, I think my nephew was maybe eight and he had this theory that white people didn't get cold because they were <laughs> the only people he ever saw in winter with their legs and like feet out. He was like, they just can't. Like, it's, I, I, well, when I was in Ithaca, I really was startled, shocked and dismayed, dismayed by the <laughs> amount of legs and feet that I saw um, in the in the dead of winter. But it didn't I want to restrictive. Yeah, but I want to draw a slight distinction. I want to split a Caucasian hair here okay. in terms of this culture. That <laughs> <we're describing. laughs> that's why we have. That's why we have, you, yeah, we that's have right. you on the an show. Extremely fine Caucasian <laughs> thin hair. A gentle wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is that um, the people that you are, uh, John Fetterman is not rocking the style of the people you are describing. Okay. What my old friend who's been married more than once, John Doe's little brother, would call <laughs> Tiva wearing assholes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is, this yes. Is collegiate Tiva wearing. Yes, yes. That's who they were. Ass- yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and they're disgusting. <laughs> I'm t- I'm talking about the guy, the the guys in Greenfield, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. who are who are walking from the Rotary. To the Dunkin' Donuts in 25 degree weather, wearing a yes. hoodie and shorts, right? Okay, yeah. Because their Honda, their Civic won't start. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. John Fetterman is not from New England. He's from, you know, Central Pennsylvania. But he is like, th- he's right to dress that way. <laughs> like one of the mm-hmm. critiques is that it it shows that. Dressing down suggests that they're not serious about doing the people's business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the people don't dress that way. And right. nothing the Senate has been doing, and particularly the House of Representatives, shows in any way that they're serious about doing the people's business as we go into this shutdown. John Fetterman understands that people dress this way. He is also absolutely, you know, you, I, I like him, particularly because he's trying to con- reconnect with rural voters that we lost to the Republicans to the de- to the devastation of our country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And absolutely. And it, it's also good because it drives Republicans out of their minds that this yeah. guy is out there showing his knees. I love it. Yeah. It. I mean, it. Well, it's interesting coming because during the same week that this happened, revelations. Um, came out that lower Lauren oh, the book Boebert... of revelations I thought I, did. I thought that was happening <laughs> now I understand okay right yeah, four days of rain plague of locusts <laughs> the world is burning uh, no that but this was the same week that Lauren Burbert was fondling people in a the, in like a, a a theater for the what was the the show she was Beetlejuice. watching it was Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice the musical you know the you know the children's <laughs> essentially musical Beetlejuice the, the fucking most the sexiest musical you could go to I know, it's the most it's vape weird. vapingest gropingest musical around <laughs> yeah 
It's what it says on all the posters. I was very recently at Disneyland and I did my internship there in like 2008, Disney World, but Mm. same company. Mm. And they had something called the Disney look. And so like they didn't hire people who had any tattoos. And like, you're, I I mean, I really like every day was like a struggle to figure out what to do with my hair so that I didn't get sent home from work. And now everybody has shaved sides, full sleeves of tattoos. And it's like, I just don't think you can stop that sort of thing. Like it's so acceptable now that it's like, why would we be like, well, Lincoln wore a suit. I'm like, well, Lincoln got murdered in a theater. What was the last time that happened? Okay, don't ask. (laughs) (laughs) But like, my point is people have piercings and tattoos and stuff now. And so, I mean, it seems like the boomers are never gonna die. They're all living in New Netherlands, I guess. They're just never going out. But like for the younger generation that is supposed to be taking power at some point, that is not strange at all. Like, I don't think I've ever had a boss that wasn't wearing jeans and like Birkenstocks and a long sleeve shirt that was telling me what to do. Like, Absolutely right. It just doesn't exist. I will. Okay, I'm gonna make just a a last ditch argument here for <laughs> outfits. I mean, just for like, I guess decorum is what the Senate was going for before. My personal feeling is. I love it when people wear outfits. So I would like to impose a dress code that's not, that's like, look cool. Yes. (laughs) Don't Don't say that. Then we get Kirsten Cinema in those like clown outfits. (laughs) 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 Be specific, okay? But that's what I'm saying. I would much rather see Kirsten Cinema in those clown outfits than like Kirsten (laughs) Cinema in a pair of sweatpants. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I want to see an outfit. Pandemic. Like I feel like the fact that any of us are doing anything is. I'm over. I'm over the pandemic. I'm over sweatpants. I'm over. I want hard pants. I want. Strong waist that'll fucking Absolutely not. Uh, cinch in your lungs. I want to see people mildly uncomfortable but looking Ooh. cool. There's a there's a lot there's a lot that was revealed about <laughs> the uh, how our institutions mm. were not working. Yep. During the pandemic, totally we learned a lot about the how all of our institutions were corrupt and venal, mm. uh, and often on purpose. And we had to do a lot of reexamination. And unfortunately, we have not made enough changes based on what we've learned. But sweatpants are okay. I mean, that's, I'm going to say that's fine. Sweatpants are okay. I think you could. I could John Fetterman dress up the hoodie and the the shorts a little yeah, bit. Yeah, could he do? A yeah, little like maybe something? have those running tights under the shorts. You know, something that feels like it's floor length. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you look at the, some of the the incredibly garbage suits. That a lot of these senators are wearing that don't fit right, right and right, everything right, else. Right. Well, that's everyone my, could my use thing a look over. I, want, I right. want everyone to get a con, a, like a fashion consult. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's yeah, I mean, my our tax dollars are going to anything that matters anyway. I so don't care if the, like and like what if he what if Fetterman had like a cute shorts on a uh, suit ensemble. You I don't know. know. I, mean? I mean, I think we have to remember like what he's this guy in Bermuda. looks like. I just feel like that's not his look. Like that's a good look, <laughs> but like I think that's a strange look. <laughs> like, I like think... I'm imagining like a khaki sort of like safari. Yeah, short. yeah, yeah. And oh, that's, see, that sounds fun. Is yeah. that a good look for him? You know, we. I just like I gotta see the pictures. Look, I think he. Ha- I think he's more versatile than we're giving him credit for. Okay, look, <laughs> fashion wise, I think he could pull it off. All right, and I don't can know. Can I also just shout out Giselle Fetterman who? I also am a huge fan of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When she was, <laughs> when she was, and maybe everyone knows this, but when she was, uh, he was lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, and she was the second lady of Pennsylvania. She insisted everyone just call her Slop, S L O P, second lady of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I was like, this. We need more That's of this. Hilarious. This is at like whether it looks like John Fetterman or anybody who is under seventy. We need more <laughs> of this in the Senate. That's hilarious. Yeah. I also want to point out that the last time they changed the dress code was July of twenty seventeen, when Paul Ryan um, was faced backlash. Because the he was um, the, he was barring a female reporter from entering because she wore a sleeveless dress, so he changed the sleeveless dress part, I, which is crazy to think. She in wasn't invited to Paul Ryan's wedding either. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, what do you? 
Hit me up, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think of the dress code in the Senate? I'm so curious to hear your thoughts. Are you, do you miss the decorum? Or are you into the Fetterman look, Fetterman chic? And he's doing it on purpose. He is absolutely trolling oh, he's, them. He, no, he also, he made this great joke, which is like, if wearing a suit means that we can come to an agreement, like not shut down the government or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's very funny bet, about bet, the whole yeah. thing. I on... bet he would wear a suit great, too. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean, I bet I mean come on. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. He's a man of many possible looks. Tall All right. monarch. <laughs> Um, all right, and that is the end of the show. Oh my God, what an incredible panel the two of you were. We laughed. We also continued to laugh. <laughs> we didn't cry, which is no. a big problem for this fucking episode, but we mm-hmm. did laugh. We laughed, yes. and then we took pauses to breathe, and then laughed again. And then laughed again. <laughs> and then now the two of you will be returning to a cryogenic chamber where yes. you will just I really nothing was will happen hoping in your you lives until the next time. finally let me free this time, but okay. Okay, it's, I know the it's whole pandemic. Fine. I'm just hearing about it. Know, it's, it's, uh, my children are grown. They're in college now. I don't Jesus even know. There Christ. was so much. When did I get a dog? Like, what <laughs> <is this going? laughs> oh my god! Wait, can I t- uh, to close the show? Can I tell you guys, Hodgman? I, I don't know if I told you this. I've run into Hodgman's son on the streets of the East Village many times, and no, three he's times. A grown like three times. Now. He's a grown. He's a grown young man, and um. And I didn't recognize him the first couple of times right? because it was just sort of out of context. And it was like, who is this? Why would I know a young man approaching? You know what I mean? He's like right. 18 or something. Yeah, because we did we did some events together. We did some events and together. He came and he came along. Was, and so, yeah. And so, when he was anyway, younger and more childlike. Exa- no, but that's true. He literally looked different yeah. the next time I saw him. Okay, but here's the more embarrassing thing. I was left at the gym. I was wearing my most nightmarish public outfit. Because I had just left a gym, I was sweaty. I was disgusting, but I was all—I was really hungry. So I bought some. He was like, "Is that John Fetterman over there?" <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was there on the goes. John Fetterman dress code, and I was eating just like a bag of crackers, just walking down the street. And there's nothing more embarrassing than to run into crackers. John Hodgman's son. Like a crackers. Sleeve. <laughs> yeah, like what are you, slamming a sleeve a of saltines? Cra- I'm so embarrassed. And then he goes, Nagin, Nagin. Hi, it's me, John Hodgman's son, right? And I was like, oh, God, like there's just like crumbs coming off of my lip. And I'm like, hello. (laughs) And my mouth is dry. Anyways, and I was like, oh, God, I wonder if he's going to tell his dad that I was eating crackers on the streets of New York City. This is news to me. All he said to me was it was super cool to see Nagin. He yeah. said nothing In about crackers. Are you sure he said nothing about crackers? Absolutely not. All right. I, well, you heard how startled I was. I'm not that good an actor. <laughs> well, <laughs> folks, I would love for the people of uh, Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that, that you do um, while you or do or do not eat crackers. Uh, <laughs> where do you want to send these people, John Hodgman? Well, every week, uh, Jesse Thorne and I record and release... Not just record, but oh, release a ooh, podcast yes. called Judge John Hodgman. Yes. And we're going on tour. In fact, as you listen to this, we might be on tour. It's our Van Freaks Roadshow tour. Talked about it already on the podcast. VanFreaksRoadshow.com. That's VanFreaksRoadshow.com for tickets and details. And I also have a Substack now, which is Hodgman.substack.com. It's called Secret Society. And it's an extrapolation nice. of an old live show that I used to do called Secret Society. And what happens in Secret Society? Well... There is no secret society that I know of. <laughs> Go to hodgman.substack.com <laughs> and find out. But I want to know what Akila is up to. Akila, where do the people of Fake the Nation find you? I should start a Substack. You all are inspired me. But uh, so far, I'm hanging out on Instagram at Akila H, A K I L A H H. And uh, whatever Twitter is, I'm sure it'll be a husk by the time you go <laughs> check it out. But uh, it was Akila, obviously, over there. Who knows? Um, <laughs> who knows what they're going to be doing in five minutes? Uh, but yeah, mostly just on Instagram. My stories are my new tweets. So. 
Check it out. I am a follower and I enjoy it very much. I highly follow. Endorse. I am also a follower and I've always enjoyed Aquila. And also you. just make sure you follow so that you can see whatever other amazing next project she's doing that you can then um, listen to or watch. And you know where to yeah. find me and all the things that I do. Just a reminder, I'm going to be. Just keep an eye out for her in the East Village eating crackers. I might be eating crackers. <laughs> and I'm so embarrassed. And I'm just, I don't know why I did that publicly. It's like I, I. And I'm the one who's telling John Fetterman not to fucking wear shorts. You know what I mean? What was I thinking? <laughs> um, but but I when I'm not eating crackers, you can find me in um, the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me stand-up tour. I will have been, I think the, by the time this releases, we will have already done San Diego. But I'll be in San Francisco on Friday the 29th. And then I'll also be doing dates at the Kennedy Center. What? I will also be on October 3rd. I'll be at the Green Space doing the reason why the reason we're all still here. So check that out out um and then also i don't know other things it doesn't matter point is listen where could i find out if i wanted to know <laughs> go to the go to go to fucking oh god i guess nagin farsad on all of the things is what it is Google nagin farsad farsad. but also don't forget the golden bachelor recaps next right. week we'll be dropping in your feed oh my god and also patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad but what I really want to do is thank everyone who makes this show a possibility that's our wonderful producer Andrew Maguire woo woo yeah, and weird. also Gabby Alter who wrote our theme music thanks to everyone at HeadGum for making this show a possibility and if you have any thoughts please send them to fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com and otherwise we'll be back in your earballs next week I just want to acknowledge that Nagin did that whole credit sequence off book <laughs> that was pretty that was really impressive thank you so much yeah. oh my god yeah, thank that you. was great that was a headgum podcast <laughs>